Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Today's guest recently released his seventh album called Soul Jazz. He got his start being a part of a musical family that loved and played a lot of gospel music in his hometown of Little Rock, Arkansas. And he's gone on to make music that soothes the soul and uplifts the spirit. His music is, is, is a seemingly effortless fusion of gospel, soul, and jazz music. Welcome to today's show, saxophonist Merlon Devine. Merlon, welcome, man. Hey, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you. Oh, man, it's great to have you here. I, you know, I got to tell you, I've listened to a lot of your music. A friend of mine, Marcus Adams, who's a fellow saxophone player, familiarized me with, with your music at first. And I really loved your music from the moment that I started listening. And you're one of, one of a, a, a fairly good number of smooth jazz artists that have consecrated their gifts to God. Why, why did you choose to make gospel jazz such an integral part of what you do? Yeah, you know, Carl, I um I grew up in the church. So I guess yeah. it wasn't a hard a hard choice for me, but I found out that um learning about music, growing up in a musical family and of course in church, and that was where my musical outlet was, mm-hmm. that you know, that, that was a rich part of living, you know, it was so integrated into what we did every day, not just at church, but even in my home with the piano and my mom sure. played it, my dad played guitar. All my siblings sang, so I mean, it was so comfortable and readily available to be able to have that music accessible. Of course, the style was was gospel, you know, that's yeah. what we were immersed in. And so it was just, it was very easy just to blend that when I began later to learn about music and, be get, and began to get influenced by certain saxophonists. Yeah. That's what I went back to was my roots okay. of gospel and I mixed the two, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it's, it's it's interesting because I think, you know, when I listen to your music, like some other artists, you listen to it and you sometimes, you don't know that, oh, this is a story about my relationship with God, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and then you listen to it a few more times and you're like, oh man, that's what this is about. Like, I, I'll never forget, uh, I, I, took, uh, I took four years of French in high school, never used it, right? Kirk Kirk Whalem's album came out and there was a song on there called Ma Foi, right? My Faith, right? And I remember, I remember well, it was French. I didn't know it was about his it was about faith, but I loved the song. So I started going back to my French, my old French, and like, this is amazing. This is yeah, amazing. That's wonderful. I love that about music that it's able to tell a story and translate uh, so many thoughts and images and feelings without words. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're able to do that as musicians. And of course, my first reference of that was in the Bible. Uh, yeah. Dave, David played to Saul. Yeah. And the Bible yeah. talks about how he would always, Saul would have him come in and play his harp because he was feeling a certain way. He had been to war. He had been yeah. dealing with depression. Whatever he was dealing with, he knew that if he could get a good, anointed musician to come and play then something was going to happen in his body and that's what the bible said every time that david played Saul was refreshed he was healed and made well so it's biblical you know i mean it happens and that music has such a powerful force to just ignite memories ignite uh, release endorphins in our bodies i mean it's just powerful it really is i um my uh my wife had a minor surgery a couple weeks ago and just before the surgery, they came and they asked, what type of music would you like for us to play in the operating room? Wow. And I, I, I had never, that was the first time I had ever experienced that. And music does have so much power for healing, for restoration, for all of those things. That's and right. I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, like listening to a good piece of music can take you from wherever you are, whatever mindset you're in to a totally different space, you know, clear your head, clear your mind, clear your spirit. So that's awesome. Yeah. So tell me like, clearly your faith is a part of it, but where else do you draw inspiration for your music? Wow. You know, it started first with the saxophonist that uh, my mom took me to a concert when I was seven. And that was Dr. Bernard Johnson, a a great gospel saxophonist. Okay. And I was, uh, again, I was seven years old. And I had been on this path of trying to figure out what was going to be my musical outlet because I Mm -hmm. found out even earlier that it wasn't singing. 
for me. Okay. My siblings let my mom know that I wasn't a singer. And <laughs> please make me stop, you know, getting up there to sing with them. And so she began, she put me on piano, started that first. And uh, I like piano, but I just didn't love it. Yeah. And my dad said, okay, let me get the guitar. Let me teach him guitar. So I started working with him. Guitar, I liked it, but I just didn't love it. Yeah. And then she took me to a concert when I was seven. And I saw him playing. It was uh, just amazing. And I was mesmerized by this guy playing the saxophone and being able to communicate whatever he was doing through that horn. And so from that point forward, that was my first inspiration. Then later, a little, a few years later, in the seventh grade, I heard Najee. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And I heard him playing Sweet Love by Anita Baker. Yeah. And I had already knew the song because I, I loved just hearing and listening to music. So I knew her version, but I was in the gym. I was getting ready to go to my eighth grade. I think it was eighth grade uh, math class and okay. leaving gym. Our coach loved jazz, move jazz. And he was playing that music and Najee comes on and I knew the introduction. I said, Oh, this is going to be Anita Baker singing. And it wasn't, it was Najee playing what she sang. Mm-hmm. And it showed me a whole nother side of what music could do. It was, he was literally singing her words through his horn. And I was yeah. like, wow. And he was so expressive and he was so spot on with everything she sang, he was playing. And mm-hmm. I was like, so I was obviously late for that class and uh, I didn't make it in time. <laughs> but it was a great turning point for my music and got me really interested in smooth jazz. And I started researching and started learning about like Grover Washington. So he became yeah. like Great Washington Jr. Great, just a great, inspiration for me of course not g and then a little later i fell on kurt whalen yeah and i like to say the rest is history after that i've been riding with him for a long time man yeah. he's amazing inspiration for me those would be my top three okay okay and it sounds like to me like music like you it sounds like you always knew you were going to do something with music in your life is that true? yeah yeah, yeah. It, like again it was always around it was the comfortable thing to do i didn't know how i would I just knew music would be involved in my life. I didn't yeah. know I would be in uh, what I call full-time music ministry. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I've done for years before I even started introducing my music to the smooth jazz community. I was introducing smooth jazz to churches all over the world. That was what I yeah. did. I mean, God had given me these these melodies and these this music that they were not used to hearing in their churches. Yeah. But now I... I'm a part of their church services. So what am I going to do? I'm going to do what I feel is true to me. And that is the music I'm hearing. And it was amazing. It was some resistance (laughs) at times because their main thing was, I don't know the words. Are there words to this song? And what are they, if they are, and then I don't know it. And so it was new music I was presenting as well as new melodies that they hadn't heard. And they had to trust that what I was playing to them. I had really felt like God had given it to me. That yeah. and it could be used and be a blessing to them, and I did that through, of course, learning, being a student of the word, and being able to really uh, explain what the song meant from a scriptural basis, and that helped a lot through those years. But it really was cool to be able to take that form of music to them, and they hadn't been, you know, accustomed yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, it's it's cool though, it's it, cool on on certainly on the musical level, but also the standpoint of your, you know, your your trailblazing one. But you're changing the dynamic of what a worship service is like, too, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because they're not used to Because, hey, we got a guest today, and they're thinking, okay, what singer is going to be here, or what choir, or what yeah. speaker? No, this is a saxophonist, and he's going to play. And then they, a lot of times they'll set it up by quoting that scripture out of 1 Samuel 16 and 23, which I talked about earlier, about David playing before Saul. Yeah. And that'll open up their mind a little bit, and they're like, okay. Well, but then they're also thinking he's going to play Amazing Grace or yeah. or How Great Thou Art, you know, which are great songs, yeah. but there's so yeah. much more. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I love that because I think one of the things that happens sometimes, I think some, so many people are turned off by church because people have these expectations of this level of rigidness and things like that. And that's not how it is all the time. And that's not how it has to be, Right. So right. Yeah, you're so true. It doesn't have to. In fact, it's about freedom and it's about expressing who you are and learning about this amazing creative uh, God that is 
has created everything. Yeah. And, and it's not just some small box that we go to. No, it's a place to explore all the gifts and talents that he's given us to be used to be a blessing to so many people. Yeah. So when you name your albums and you name your songs, how do you come about those names? Wow. Uh, personal experiences is the main thing. Okay. I mean, and just, and a lot of times it's just praying about, hey, you know, what does this song mean? I'll hear a melody and I can't get rid of it. And I know, okay, let me, let me dig deeper into that. And so I'll, you know, begin to develop it and record it on my phone or something just so I won't forget it. And as I'm doing that, you know, it's developing. And then at some point it's like, okay, you need to send this to your producer and let them finish it. And it's growing. And, and at some point I'll get a name. It'll just kind of drop in my heart, you know, like, oh, this is called this or that. Okay. Okay. And, and, and a lot of times it's, it's, it's because of maybe what I'm dealing with, what I'm going through, or what I know God is trying to maybe say, or what he, I may not even know why I'm calling it that sometimes. And I find out later, oh man, that's cool. Or someone tells me, that song you wrote, this and this, and let me tell you what it did for me, you know? So it's a faith walk, really. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Well, let's listen to some of your music. Um, This is a song from your re- latest release, Soul Jazz. This song is called Move. Thank you. 
right. You just heard Merlon Devine with Move. So when did clearly you knew early on that you wanted to be a professional musician? Were there other things in there that like were there times where you were maybe not sure that that was going to be the path or were you always did you always know or were there other things you thought maybe I should consider this or consider that? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm real good in math and mm-hmm. that was my strong point through school. And so I just thought I would just kind of continue that in college with business okay. and accounting. Uh-huh. And uh, and that's what that's the route I took. But around around 11th, 12th grade of high school, I was really getting involved heavier in music with groups that I was performing with. Okay. And um, and I hadn't started really writing music of my own yet. I was just really getting out performing a lot and helping other artists and other groups. And I was that love for it was just growing and growing. And um, I would say in college is when I went to school for a jazz studies major in Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas. Okay. And that's where I begin to see and, and get a vision for, you know what? I think I would like to do music full time in some yeah. capacity. Okay. Didn't know how soon it would be, but I did kind of get a vision around that 18, 19 years old. Okay. 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 So for you, what, what would you say is the biggest benefit or plus of being able to play music for a living? Man, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the freedom, you know, uh-huh. to, um, just to, to, to do what you love yeah, and to see that provide for everything you're doing, your, your, your family and uh, mm-hmm. your living expenses, just to see that you're able to clock in every day and do something you love. And then from that, everything you need is being provided. Yeah. And so, uh, it took a few years to even, you know, envision that because I worked for the state of Arkansas in the tax area okay. uh, with what I went to school for. So I was yeah, doing that yeah. route. But at sure. the same time, it was building in me that, OK, at some point I'm going to have to make a step and a leap because I was getting promotions on my job. And I knew the more I made there, the harder it was going to be <laughs> to let it sure. go. <laughs> sure. And uh, at the age of 30, I think it was, I made that leap. And uh, we haven't been, hadn't looked back and that's been a good, good move, you know, since then, just trusting uh, my belief and my, that call and that, yeah. that burning desire inside of me to make music something better and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So is there a routine that you have when you're, when you're going out and doing shows? Like, is there things that like every day I have to do this or I have to eat a certain thing or. <laughs> I guess I am routine in that I can do the same thing a lot, but I don't have a set routine when it comes to travel and I practice every day. That's probably that running. I'm a runner. I, le- I like to okay. run okay. in the mornings if I'm in town and not traveling. Uh, yeah. because it's just too much for me to try to take the running game on the road. Sure. So just, just do that when I'm in town, but I still get a good four to six days a week of running where I okay. may do four to six miles every time. So I really get into that. That's anything I do outside of music is probably that, that I do consistently. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, okay. And then, you know, I, I have to handle my booking side of what I do. And so that keeps me busy through the weekdays that I'm in town corresponding with different hosts and organizations, ministries, sure. whatever. And that takes a lot of time with some, some people may not know yeah. that that's, if you're doing it yourself and I yeah. am doing yeah. that. And yeah. so, and I, I just do it. I don't, I love it. I mean, I love all, all the parts of what I do. Good, good. Yeah. I was just talking to another artist about that very thing who much like you is doing a lot of these things that people don't really understand like we know your music and we love your music and we listen to your music, but we don't understand all the many, many things <laughs> that have to happen for us to hear that music and for us to see you in a show, you know, and it's a, it is a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a long list of things that have to happen. Oh yeah. It's a daunting task. And I don't do it all. I mean, I have some great people that help me, a great team of people, radio people and, uh, my wife helps me just um, considerably a, a, a large amount. She travels yeah. with me on okay. most of my uh, engagements. So she's there to help and, you know, correspond with sound people, different things, whatever she can do while we're out. So that's a blessing. You know? Yeah. Do you enjoy the travel part of it? I love it. I yeah. love it. I, okay. I think I got it from my dad. Uh, he was, 
course, the pastor of the church uh, that we grew up in, but okay. also he had uh, this evangelistic type of side of him where he loved to go out and do uh, open air services, revivals, whatever, whenever he wasn't yeah. preaching on Sundays, he would be out somewhere. So and a lot of those times he took us, uh, some of his kids with him. And uh, we would help him, but setting up sound, and which is what I learned a lot of things about what I do now, just from yeah. helping him. Uh, we would, you know, we stayed in somewhere everywhere. There were always the the guest house or the preacher or whatever, or, okay. or family that had a room, you know. So I learned about travel, packing up, making sure you keep all your things, don't don't lose yeah. something, you know. So I, all that is like second nature to me, and I I thank gotcha. God for him you know, allowing us to go with him during that early ages of our life. And and it really helped me now because I'm able to travel with ease. Yeah. And it's something that I enjoy. I don't, it's, it's, it's not a problem. Good, good. Are there any cities that you um, love visiting and are there cities that you haven't had a chance to get to that you're dying to get to? Ooh, oh, wow. We've been to a lot of places. I, I really, what some places that stand out would be Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, Denver. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Denver's a nice, nice city. But I would say my favorite place <laughs> is the uh, southern Louisiana area. Oh, really? Why? The food, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The food. You got Lafayette, Baton Rouge, New Orleans. Those, those three are just rich with such great... Uh, that that style of you know bio bayou you know mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. that that those flavors of food that they have now it's it's other places that have great food as well great cuisine yeah. but they're just so rich and flavorful and and every time I'm there I get a chance to try something new or whatever and, yeah. and I love it so they 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 have a really high place in both my wife and myself yeah in our high, yeah. in our mind you know we love to get there. It's so funny you mentioned mentioned that because I was just having a conversation the other day with someone about New Orleans and I said to them, I said, yeah, for me, New Orleans is a max three day place because otherwise I, I leave there with a food coma, man, because uh, you're right. There are so many great places and, you know, like whether it doesn't matter what part of the city you're in either. You can be in the quarter, of course, there's tons of places you can be outside of the quarter. And I've had yeah. some things in New Orleans that I don't think I would have ever I would have ever eaten any other place, you know? Yeah, yeah, alligator and things yes, like that. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the first time I ever had alligator was in New Orleans, too. Yep, yep. That's so, right. uh, you are absolutely right. Well, let's take a listen to a little bit more of your music. Um, yeah. Let's listen to the platform from your okay. uh, now release. This is Merlon Divine with the platform.
right. Once again, that was today's guest, Merlon Devine. And Merlon, we do this fun segment on every show that um, we ask people to participate in if they are so inclined. It's called Bout It or Doubt It, okay? <laughs> okay. So if you're about it, it's something you like. And if you doubt it, it's something you just aren't feeling. So are you interested in playing? Yeah, let's do it. All right, all right. So we're going to spin the wheel to get your category first. Let's spin the wheel. All right, Merlon, your category is sports and leisure. All right. Okay. About it or doubt it? Golf. About it. About it. You're a golfer. Okay. (laughs) Well, I like golf, and I have a lot of friends and pastors that play golf, and they're like, you got to come out. So I'm about it in that I'm open to it. I have okay. not really done it. Gator golf doesn't count. I know. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so what has what has kept you from doing it? I guess the scheduling, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, fear of it taking over my life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody yeah. I know that plays golf is like, I can't wait. I got to get out there. Tea time, man. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. It is. It's interesting. It's interesting because I, I just started. I I took. I started playing years ago as a way to uh, spend time with my father um, okay. who, who passed away. But I just, I, I took like four years off and this is my very first year getting back to playing after four years off. And in fact, I snuck out and I played nine holes this morning before coming into the <laughs> studio to do the podcast. Right. And I got to tell you, it is one of those things that can be addictive. So you're wise to say, Oh, hold on time out. I got to be managing my time here and I don't want this golf thing to take over because once you get into it, man, I don't know, for me, I think it's the serenity of being out there. You're out in nature. It's a little bit competitive, but you don't have to be highly competitive, you know, yeah. and it's something you can do for a long time. So I, I, I understand. But you, you give it give it a shot. I think give yourself an opportunity to go out and, 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 and do it. You just gotta, you're just going to have to manage your time. Maybe that's one of those things where, you know, you just put it on your calendar a few times, uh, you know, a few times a month or something like that. Right. Yeah. And I know myself. I'm very into numbers increasing. Yeah. And so if I do good one day. I got to do better the next. Yeah. I got to I got to figure out how can I get better than that? So I know that's yeah. going to keep me driving, you know, to go back out there. Yeah, 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 and it's a humbling game. It'll, 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 it'll humble you in a heartbeat, boy. Yeah. I tell you that's for sure. Well, let's do one more. Um, how about jet skiing? About it or doubt it? Doubt it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Why? I can swim, but I'm not a great swimmer, uh-huh. and so I've stayed away from, you know, like snorkeling and jet ski and skiing, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I just haven't gotten into that because, again, I don't want to be in a position where I have to rely heavily on my swimming skills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're okay, but enough to get me back to the shore if I'm maybe 15, 20 feet you know, away. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But not like 100 yards or something. I don't know. That That's kind of difficult in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. I understand that completely. Uh, yeah. So, so you you mentioned a few artists earlier that you know have been influences for you. Are there? Tell me about some artists that you have not had a chance to work with that you would love to collaborate with. Um, let me see who I have not worked with. You know, I've met Kirk and and I named them earlier, but we haven't done any music together. Mm-hmm. And uh, but very, I w- I would really love that at some point yeah. to do something with Kirk Whalen. Who else? I like the music that Brian Culberson is producing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's just yeah. so it's just so cut ed- cutting edge, funky, it's, it's groovy, and yeah. uh and I, I, that really resonates with me uh you know, so I would love to at one point that would be great to meet him and maybe do something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, you mentioned Kirk Whalem. I think Kirk really kind of helped to kind of blow the doors off this this gospel jazz thing with his yeah. gospel according to jazz series, right? <laughs> And yeah. Yes. Th- that is some music that if you have not listened to it, listen to it. And you know, one of the things I love about about smooth jazz or contemporary jazz is that it's it is this fusion of so many different styles and so many different genres, right? And when you listen to people like yourself and you listen to people like Kirk, you really get it. Really helps to cement that whole notion that you can take anything and fuse it with with jazz and bring it bring it a whole new different life whole new yeah. different life yeah and i think i think that's 
amazing because, you know, jazz is so based out of improv. And although there are some structural foundation parts to it, of knowing chords and the structures and the chord movements. But this smooth jazz piece and contemporary jazz or however you may want to call it, it, it allows us to still take a lot of those core principles and the, uh, the improv and creativity and fuse it with another skill set, so to speak, mm -hmm. or another type of genre of, of music. And, you know, and so it's just kind of growing and evolving. And you're right, Kurt was able to really open the door and shed light on instrumentalists in the gospel field. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I think for me, it was around 97 or 8, 98. I think it's when the Gospel Chord and Jazz Volume 1 mm -hmm. came out. I may be off a year or so, but when that came out, I knew who Kirk was, but that just opened up a whole nother facet of who he was, yeah. which allowed me to go back to 83, 85 or so, right, you know, right. the, and just learn and find out who he, who is this guy. And he speaks, he merges those worlds so well, and he's true, uh, in my opinion, to 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 both of them. I mean, he is yeah. a true jazz musician, but he is also a true believer. Yeah. And I, I yeah. love to see how he fuses that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talked a little bit earlier about um, the first concert that you went to see when you were around seven. Yeah. Uh, now that you're a professional musician, um, are, do you pay Do you pay to go to concert shows anymore, or do you need to get that <laughs> backstage hookup? <laughs> well, yeah, if I don't get the backstage hookup, if I'm not performing on it, I, there have been some shows that... Uh, we do pay to go and see. I think we saw Anita Baker uh, last, uh, maybe Lettucey, I think. Uh, okay. She was in Baltimore, uh, which is not too far from our area. So, yeah. When, and then and it's not that I don't pay to go to these concerts. It's just that a lot of times the ones that I want to go see, I'm booked somewhere. Yeah, and I'm, yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. traveling. And so it's like, ah, uh, he doesn't go to anything. And it's not that. It's just that I'm, I'm booked. And I would much yeah. rather be booked than... Uh, sitting at a concert yeah what is it like for you when you're sitting at a concert are you able to sit back and enjoy that artist or are you are you thinking about the technical stuff and all that stuff man it's it's a challenge sometimes because you're right i am I, although i'm enjoying the music i try to i still see myself and i can hear myself on stage helping them you know being a part of that band or, or even yeah. leading that song if I know it or just or, or plan on that groove that I'm hearing, I'm like, wow. And then internally, I'm, I'm hearing notes. I'm hearing patterns. Like, oh, man, you know, so it can be challenging, but yeah. also inspiring, too, because if they're just throwing down. It just makes me that much more hungrier. Yeah, when I get home. Yeah. I'm just gonna go to work. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that feeling well. It's funny. I, I I was I was having having a conversation with my wife about this. You know, I, you know, I promote the the Fresh Coast Jazz Festival, which you're going to be a part of in 2022, and we're looking forward to having you. Yes, sir. But every time I go to a jazz festival now, like I told my wife, I need to go to make sure I go to multi day jazz festivals because the first first day, I'm analyzing everything, man. I'm like, okay, I, well, I like this part, or well, why is the set this length, or Man, I like this. I don't like this. Oh man, I got to remember to incorporate this next time we do something. And so, yeah, it's kind of like it's it's good because you're you get to enjoy it, but you kind of gotta make a mental note to really say to yourself, okay, just be just be here and be a fan. Sometimes that's okay. <laughs> I know, I know, and it's hard to turn that switch off. At it times. really is. Yeah, it really is. So but, uh, the times that I have, I really have been grateful that I'm able to just sit and just take it in. I, yeah. I enjoy so much more when I can turn that off. And so that's what I've been working on when, and it really helps when I'm at festivals because again, there's other artists that are performing. I can now either done my part and I can go sit and just, you know, let me take it in and listen. Yeah. And so those have been some great, great experiences. Most of my engagements or gigs are where I'm the only artist there, maybe at a church or something like that. So I don't really get to uh, get that from, a, you know, but the times that I'm booked on the festivals, and that's just a, always a, a joy for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're a family man. I know your family is very important to you. Are your are your are your kids? Uh, are they musically inclined? Yes. Uh, okay. I'm family man. Been married 26 years. Congratulations. And, uh, that's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. We have three uh, beautiful kids, 
uh, young people, I guess they're not kids. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, 26, 25, and 21. So two girls, and then the son is the youngest. And to answer your question, they are all musically inclined. Uh, the oldest one, she sings, but she doesn't do a whole bunch of that around. I mean, that's just something she can sing. Okay. The middle child, she's uh, she plays the guitar and sings. Okay. And then my son, he plays sax, guitar, piano, and wow. he sings. And then he does some production as well. And then he's okay. a great artist in his own right. I mean, he's he's amazing. Uh, so the, they're all gifted and talented. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you had an opportunity to work with your with your children uh, uh, professionally? Yeah. If they let me, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm old school, so they're like, <laughs> uh, you know, he's good. You know, my son though has been allowing me to play on a couple of his songs. You know, he's been producing. He'll say, "Hey, Dad, I'm." Can you put some flute on this, or can you put okay. a little sax on this? And and so he'll send it to me, and then I'll lay a track or two on it, then send it back, and then occasionally he's like, "I'm waiting for him to say, hey, what you know, what do you think?" Because when we send music back to people, we're like, okay, they're gonna listen to it, and they're gonna tell us, yeah. oh man, that's nice, you know. So here we go, a week later, you know, he, <laughs> he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I listened to that. Uh -huh. I need you to fix this and I need you to put this <laughs> like uh make this longer, you know. And I'm like, man, what are you talking about? But he's he has a vision and uh, you know, yeah. so that's cool that he's able to tell his dad, you know, hey, do it this way, you know. So yeah, uh, he allows me to play with him sometimes. It's it's interesting listening to you talk about that. It made me think about the fact of how as a musician, just how personal everything is that you create, right? Oh yeah, exactly. Like it's uh, it comes from your spirit, it comes from your soul, it comes from your heart, and like I, I can, I understand. You know, you're kind of on. It's your son, but you're on pins and needles because you want to hear the <laughs> response. You want to say, "What well, did you like it?" Like what you know. So I understand that completely. Yeah, and and I understand his viewpoint in that exactly what you just said. You know, it's so personal. It's something you're creating. You have a vision for how it should be. And I experience that when I write my music, when I'm giving it to producers, when I'm giving it to people to play on. It's like, okay, no, I'm hearing this and this and this. And so for him to be able to, at an early age, be able to say, yeah, this is what I would like on this. You didn't quite do it this but can you change this little piece? I think that's phenomenal because you need to have that as a creator yeah. of anything to know exactly how you envision it. Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, let's let's listen to another one of your songs. Um, right. This is uh, our guest today, Merlon Devine, with the song Breathe.
All right. We just heard Breathe by our guest today, Merlon Devine. So, Merlon, I got a couple other questions that I love to ask uh, all of our guests. So, my, my first one in that category is, can you tell me, you're your, your, putting you on the spot here, your three favorite albums of all time? Okay. Three favorite of all time. Well, I would say Michael Jackson's Thriller. Okay. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, that's that was... I learned a lot from that. Um, then I was just the other day was listening to one of my favorites from way back. And that was Andre Crouch's uh, I'll Be Thinking of You CD. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so, and the, again, these were some of the songs that I listened to in the 70s and 80s that just yeah. taught us music. You know, I, <laughs> and then, oh, man, one, I would say Joe Sample's Spellbound. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that's special. Yeah, that was. I don't know if that was like my second or third grade of um, <laughs> smooth jazz learning. You know, just getting introduced to him by some friends. I didn't know who he was, and mm-hmm. it was like in eighty nine or ninety. And uh, a bass player, a friend of mine, said, "Listen, you got to check out this guy. Yeah, and his music is it was phenomenal, which opened me up to people like Michael Franks, of course. And, yeah. Um, and and Al Jarreau, well, I knew who he was, but hadn't heard him in that vein mm-hmm. of a jazz mm-hmm. singer like that until I heard it through Joe Sample. And so, uh, yeah, I would say that Spellbound CD was uh, means a lot to me. Yeah, that that's a special piece of work, and and Joe, I mean, so much, such a body of work with with Joe Sample and some of those artists that you that you rattled off there. I mean, but it's you know it's it's interesting how you know. Some of that music is just absolutely timeless, right? Yes. You know, like you're talking about stuff that you listened to year decades ago, and you still go into it today. And I know I find myself doing the same thing. I yeah. there's there's stuff that and 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 I love a lot of the I love newer music as well. I'm always searching for new stuff as well. But there's some stuff that is just like man, it transcends everything. Yeah, yeah, timeless, and that's that's what I really hope to or try to write songs that just will continue. I, in fact, the song that we play is from my brief CD and it's called Change. I think uh-huh. that's what we just, just listened to. Yeah. And, um, that song, you know, was like the beginning of, that was the first song, first CD that I did, what I could say it was smooth jazz and that I was really going into the churches with this music, with all these songs that they've never heard. Yeah. And it was a, definitely a change uh, in approach to knowing, okay, the music is so much bigger, and now I have this job now to help uh, people to see it that way. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So another one, of the, another one of those questions that I like to ask everybody is that you, you're having a dinner party, and you can invite any three people, living or dead, who's at Merlon Devine's dinner party. Uh, oh man. Well, you know, I would say, and it's probably a lot of people's answer, but. For us in this generation to have a uh, first African-American president, I will probably have Barack Obama there. Yeah. Uh, just because of who, you know, I, I love uh, what he represents and his yeah. excellence and, and how he handled his eight years as president of the United States. And, of course, nobody's perfect, you know, but I really think he did an amazing job. And then also I would say, um, hmm, you know, from a music giant himself would be uh joe john coltrane i'm sorry oh yeah yeah, yeah. john coltrane and uh because he, he he just took jazz and just uh expanded it in such a way we're still figuring out and learning from his creativity and his deposit into music into the music world yes and then lastly i would say uh, he's he's gone tragically died in the in the plane accident but uh a great Bible scholar and teacher, uh, Miles Monroe. Okay. And okay. Thinker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I would have invite him. So th- those would be uh, top, top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that would be a really rich conversation. You got, uh, you got, um, so many different areas covered <laughs> yeah. there, right? <laughs> Political I, and jazz. And then you got, uh, Thinker, you know, Miles Monroe. Right. right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That yeah, that'd be a fun dinner party. That'd be a fun dinner party. So what would you yeah. what would you serve at that dinner party? What's your go to foods? Man, Italian. Okay, okay. 
Italian food. I, I love any any Italian dish that has to do with pasta and and you know bread. <laughs> okay. That's that's okay. my that's that's my go to right that's there. That's your go to. Okay. Yeah, well when you're Italian. here for when you're here in Milwaukee in twenty twenty two, I'm gonna have to a buddy of mine owns a fantastic Italian restaurant. I'm gonna have to turn you on to that and have to, you know, take you down. There's called the Calderon Club in in Milwaukee oh, wow. and great homemade pasta. In fact okay. I I had my birthday celebration there just a couple of weeks ago and man, it was absolutely wonderful. So when you're here, we'll have to make sure we turn you on to the Calderon Club. I won't let you forget. <laughs> All right, good, 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 good. So what does the rest of 2021 and 2022 hold for you, Merlin? What else you got going on? Well, you know, so my, my latest CD, Soul Jazz, it was released technically, I guess, in May, and which was a good time because, you know, things were opening up again and we're mm -hmm. starting to get out and travel. And so now my calendar is, that's what we've been working on the last few months is getting things booked back up again, reintroducing ourselves to all the places that, uh, we took 18 months off or so, you know, but everybody yeah, was on pause. Yeah. So, you know, now that's the focus is to getting that music out, introducing it to the places that I've been going to for years. And then next year, I really want to focus in on uh, more performances with my live band. Okay. And, um, and that's what we've been working with. Again, some things set up already, but that's what I'm really excited about because that's a whole nother aspect yeah. for me when I'm performing with the live band as, as opposed to tracks at, yeah. Uh, churches when I'm only doing maybe two or three songs. And so it makes sense economically for me to just come and do that. But right. the uh, experience is exponentially much better when we yeah. have all those guys there just uh, vibing together in time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, you know, you raise a really good point because that's one of the things I noticed. I was talking about being critical when I go to festivals now, right? Yeah. Like, I understand the economics of having a house band, right? But there is nothing like listening to a band, concerts, people who have had time to work Ooh. together and play together. Like oh, yes. it is it is so like a house band can sound good. Yeah. But man, it is tight, tight when you got a band that plays together all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because we were creating and we're, 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 we're trusting everybody. Everybody knows their part. And I know you know your part. So it releases me to be able to just play what I'm feeling and be able to play my part with freedom. And yeah. out of that, we create so many new nuances yeah. of the song that may have never been played and may not be played again the same way because we're in that live moment. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things, conversations my wife and I had just the other day because I was saying to her that, you know, with our festival, I don't know that I ever want to use house bands because I feel like it's just so much better of a performance, even though economically you would make more money if you used a house band, right? Yeah, but yeah. it's just so much better of a performance when you have a group come in that's always played together. And like you said, like everybody knows that there's a trust there. There's this level of, and I think it enhances the ability to be improv to improvise and be in the moment too, because somebody knows if you go left, they know to follow you. <laughs> they see you going left, right? Whereas yeah, yeah. if it's somebody you haven't worked with, they may it takes them a while to pick up on that, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Well, Merlon, I got to tell you, man, it has been an absolute delight being able to spend a little bit of time with you today, man. We are um, fans of your music. We look forward to having you at the Fresh Coast Jazz Festival in 2022, and we wish you nothing but success. Um, we Everybody go find Merlon Divine online, find his music online, and it will be certainly a treat for your ears and a treat for your spirit. So thank you for your time today, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. You have a wonderful day. You too. All right. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. <laughs> <laughs>